Next on BYU Sports Nation, save the date for BYU football in August 2030. Huh? Where will BYU sit in the college football landscape by then? New passing game coordinator and assistant coach Aaron Roderick joins us. How developed is the new BYU football offense? Plus dual threat analyst and national champion Blaine Fowler on how realistic a BYU basketball win is at St. Mary's. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 23rd edition of BYU Sports Nation, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Studio B's Get Back guy, Jerem Jordan. Someone's got to do it, and it gives me a chance to be on the sidelines, Spencer. If that gives you an opportunity to be on the sideline and have a position within a staff, then you take it, right? Uh, depends what school. If it's like UAB, no, I'm not going. And every program has one. A get-back guy. Whether it be normally basketball like or football. Strength coach. Everyone has one, right? Yeah. They don't want to get the sideline warning, the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for having players be on the field. You need a get-back guy. A get-back guy. The best is when everyone's going berserk and something, and then there's the one person that has to be the get-back guy. Even though, like, back to Harleen, you know, people are just going crazy. Get off the field! Who cares? No, the side Rebel of the game. this. Yes. Yes, it's yeah. going to be okay. There's no time on the regulation clock. Like, it's okay to wig out at that point, right? Yeah, Saints and Vikings. Get back! Uh, next week we're going to get blown out by the Eagles. <laughs> Everybody needs a get back guy. We need get back guys in our lives. You know, we get a little like, hey, hey, everyone hey, needs a get back get guy. Get back. Typically, that's your spouse if you're married. Right? Yeah, you need, get back. You need that friend. Home for dinner. You need that friend or yeah. that confidant in your life. So if you don't have a get back person, yeah. go find one. Get you a get. I want to be the official title. <laughs> like my LinkedIn's now going to be get back coach. <laughs> You could have one for nutrition, for dating, all of it, or school. Get back! Like, you need a get back person in your lives. Hey, this is just turned into like a get ther- back, like a counseling therapy session. You know, I love those. Let's go, man! Let's make it better with some headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football announces a home and home series. What? Home and road series? No, road and home. Road and home series with NC State for the 2024 and 2030 seasons. The Cougars and Wolfpack will meet for the first time in November of 2024 in Raleigh. But the real story is another game scheduled for 2030. I've got a fever for some countdown. Countdown to the Wolfpack. 4,601 days. Yeah, it's a long ways away, people. 2030? 2030? The amazing thing about this, it's not the first game BYU has scheduled in 2030. They also play Virginia Tech. Apparently, it's an ACC slate in 2030 for BYU. Well, BYU can just hang out on the campus of Southern Virginia and just play those schools, you know, around there. That home schedule is going to be crazy in 2030, Jeremy. you got NC State and Virginia Tech coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Sweet. <laughs> hey, today is weigh-in day for the Senior Bowl. BYU linebacker Fred Warner weighed in this morning at 6'3.5", 
and 235 pounds. His arms measured out to 31 inches and 5 eighths. While his hands came in at 9 and 3 fourths. Is he really 6'3 and a half? We have some potential mild scandal here. Mm. At NFL Drafter. I don't think he actually drafts anyone. Ethan Young tweeted the following about Warner's height measurement. Fred Warner from BYU had an impressive build, Mm -hmm. but he was almost standing on his tiptoes when he measured and didn't get caught. What? What? Are you accusing Fred Warner of standing up taller than he is? Yeah. (gasps) Yes. Yes. I love that. (laughs) He didn't get caught. But he was almost standing. Wait, was he or was he not? He was almost standing? I don't know what that means. He was kind of... I would love to talk to Ethan about this. Ethan Young, is this the son of Brigham, a great-great-grandson? Who is this? He was almost standing on his tiptoes. How can you almost I be doing he, that? I get what he's saying. It's, I'm just amused. <laughs> Fred Warner. Scandal from Fred Warner. You're a cheater, Fred. <laughs> Utah State. That's unbelievable. Ethan might have gone to Utah State. Who knows? That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> BYU now two days away from the rematch with 16th-ranked St. Mary's in college basketball. How do the Cougars slow down National Player of the Year candidate Jock Landale? Billion-dollar question. Insight tonight on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, featuring player guest Dalton Nixon. Maybe Nixon's the Y factor. Dave Rose talked about Dalton's impact now that he is returning from injury. The best thing with Dalt is that he's so versatile, okay, and I think it can make us all more aggressive. He's a really aggressive player, and, and his, his knowledge of our system defensively and offensively is really good. It's great to have him back on the floor. Tune in tonight, BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Kyle Collinsworth played 19 minutes last night, finishing with four points, four boards, three assists, and two steals yeah. for the Dallas Mavericks. Hey, see, his best stat line since he's gone pro. This is Collinsworth's final game of his 10-day contract with the Mavericks, but he is expected to receive another 10-day offer per Eddie Sefko of the Dallas Morning News. So hopefully Collinsworth stays with the Mavs. Big rush of five, Jerem. Because that's, that's his, his Twitter, Twitter handle. handle. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football, back to the future. Marty! BYU football just inked a two-game road and home. You're welcome, Jerem. Thank you. Series with NC State out of the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Cougars play in Raleigh November 2024 and will host the Wolfpack to open the 2030 season in Provo. The Cougars are scheduling 12 years out. Just to give you an idea of how nuts that is, Jerem's daughter, Venna, will be driving in 2030. Oh, man, she's got to pay for her own car insurance. (laughs) For the record, this isn't the first game BYU has slated for the fall of 2030, as we mentioned. They will also host the Hokies of Virginia Tech. For now, we'll focus on 2024, okay? The first game of this series, because that is a hot topic year for the entire identity and conference landscape of major college football, which takes us to our Twitter question. Where will BYU football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At USU Coug 11, who's getting a lot of love on this program for having USU in his Twitter name. With TV contracts expiring after the 2023 season, I think BYU football will finally have its foot in the door with a Power 5 conference. And that is the question, isn't it? 
So let's tell you a little bit more about these yes. uh, TV contracts. And each conference has its own contract, right? So some are further out than others. A foot point. in the door in 2024, to play off that tweet, oh, that seems was. more likely powered by what you're talking about, Jerem, with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Three of the five Power 5 Conference TV contracts will have expired following the 2024 football season. What does it mean? So let's walk through this. Uh, The Big 10, 2022. Pac-12, 2023. Big 12, 2024. SEC, 2033. And the ACC is through 2035. Now, these new deals can be negotiated at any point. Let's understand that. Right now, they could say, you know what? Let's re-up, and let's do it right now. Yeah, the SEC and ACC did that. Right, and typically, you kind of get closer to that end date, and you negotiate something. But if you think that your value is at its peak or at its highest, you do it now. You don't wait, right? You don't think, well, you know, like you sell the Bitcoin when it's high and don't let it crash or whatever, right? So this doesn't mean that the Pac-12 has to wait until 2023 to, or 2022 to renegotiate. They could do it right now if they wanted, if there was a – if someone that wanted their product for more later. But that's quite interesting that in 2024, where is BYU, right? Yeah, well, how does – okay, so how do the Amidst TV contracts – this. For, for those that are not privy and aware of what TV contracts mean for college football, how does BYU fit into this, and what does it have to do with realigning if it's just football teams on TV? Well, the Pac-12 could say, okay, we're going to renegotiate a contract, but we're going to add two or four teams or ah, whatever. Yes. So we want more – uh, value added to this contract. We want more money by adding more teams. It was $3 billion for 12 teams over 12 years, which is their contract. We want $3.8 billion for 16 teams over 8 years. Or so the whatever. point is the 2024 schedule for BYU after potential major conference shifting could look very different than the four games they currently have slated. So to answer our Twitter question... To repeat it, where will BYU football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? I still think BYU will be independent. I think that BYU is independent until they're asked to be in a Power 5 conference. And if they aren't asked, which they haven't been yet, Big 12 would the BYU's never asked to be in the league. And we know what happened, and it was a joke. If BYU's asked to be in a Power 5 conference, they would join, independent of where that conference is, I think. They would say yes, because the money is too good. It's too good. I think BYU will still be Indy. And then if BYU is still Indy in a Power 5, BYU looks around, the dust is settled on the first wave, second wave happens, no invite. Then BYU goes, okay, we got to do something. Because independence is not sustainable financially for like 30 years. BYU's got to get into a conference at some point. The money is nice, but the access and the conference championship and whatnot, blah, blah. It may be football only at some point, by the way. I think the West Coast Conference is a good fit for BYU's other sports. But football could go to a conference as a football-only participant. Could be. Now, here's what I want to happen. Let me tell you what I want to happen. Ooh, okay. I want the Pac-12 to get off their high horse, <laughs> invite multiple teams, including BYU, football-only, could be, whatever. Boise State, who maybe Arizona, Arizona State get plucked to the Big 12 or whatever. Then apparently gets, there's some discord there with Larry Scott, the commissioner. Right. And there's this idea from Stanford and Cal for a long time of, you know, BYU's religion and academics don't match and blah, blah, blah. I want BYU to get invited to the Pac-12. And rejoin Utah. Yes. And it'd be awesome. Yes. It'd be great. Like, everyone talks about, well, BYU in the Big 12, blah, blah, blah. 
because that was more realistic. The best geographical fit is the Pac-12. It'd be awesome. 100% I, yes. I want so bad for BYU to be in the Pac-12. Obviously, it'd be the Pac-14 or 16 or whatever. We'll see if these conferences expand, by the way. This, this idea. Or where, if they're shifting. It? If the Big 12 poaches, if other conferences poach, and then the Pac-12 wants to go out and get other teams. Like, that's what's interesting about this. Point is, TV rights for three of the Power Five conferences come due between 2022 and 2024, and things will likely get weird with insane TV revenues and bloated contracts. Where will BYU sit in 2024? Jeremy, I think they'll be in a conference, and I'll tell you why coming up. I think BYU will be in a conference. Not necessarily a Power Five conference, but I think they'll be in a conference oh, in boo. 2024. In the Independent Conference. Coming up, Blaine Fowler will join us. Aaron Roderick will also join us as one of the newest staff members for BYU football. What does a passing game coordinator do, and why did he want to come back to BYU? Cougar Tales, obviously. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation, simulcast nationally on BYU TV and BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Check us out on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN if you would like to bother Jerem 24-7. I will mute you if you do that. <laughs> the BYU Basketball Dave Rose Show is uh, on tonight at 8 Eastern time with uh, guest Dalton Nixon. Use the hashtag Rose Show to tweet in questions for Dave or Dalton. Uh, Greg Bell will field those. I will approve those, by the way. So along the lines of uh, tweet in, yeah. If it doesn't get in, you can blame me. You are the call. gatekeeper I'm of the, the tweets. Yeah. Our Twitter question today for today's show in Studio B is, where will BYU f- football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? Why are we asking about 2024? Because it's January 23rd. Yeah, that. And the Cougars <laughs> just locked down a game with NC State in 2024 and 2030 with TV contracts expiring and all that stuff. All of the realignment talks get going again. At Ames Flames tweets in, but seriously, there are so many variables, it's hard to say. Hopefully, BYU will be part of a conference, which most likely means a less grueling schedule and a better chance at a 10-11 to 11 win season and a national ranking. It's along the lines of my thinking. I, I want that to be a Power 5 schedule. By the way, uh, my sister lives in Raleigh, so I'm like, oh, hopefully uh, this game actually happens and she can go to the game 2024. In 2024. That's not, listen, seven years? That's not crazy. 2030? No, that's, that's, that's weird. That's a ways out. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, just think about Vena, your daughter, driving. I'm not going to think about that. That's weird, right? Joining us now in Studio B, making his show debut is former BYU receiver, now pass game coordinator, and a big part of the new BYU football offense, Aaron Roderick. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Were you A-Rod before baseball's (laughs) A-Rod? You know, uh, I think I was. Um, Greg Rebell called me that way back when he was like, I think he was Midas. It was before he was... As famous as he is now, but the boys, yeah. he was he was working on the yeah. sideline reporter. Yeah, Greg. Uh, but and then some of my teammates used that before, at least before I knew who A Rod was. So I don't know, but, <laughs> but uh, he's definitely the real A Rod. I'm gonna call you the OG no, A Rod. He's, he's the, the OG. The OG A Rod. Well, A Rod didn't go to yeah. The other A Rod didn't go to Ricks, right? No, that's but what's up. He's had a pretty good career though, so <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll let him we'll let him have ownership. What will be the biggest difference for you? between being at BYU and previous places you have coached? Biggest difference? Yeah. Um, 
I don't, I mean, just, I guess being at BYU is a little bit different place, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, but um, biggest difference, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, anywhere you, in football, like when you're coaching, you're just, what you do on a day-to-day basis as far as like trying to win games, all that's pretty much the same. I think the biggest difference would be recruiting is much different. You're, you, you don't you don't cast quite as large of a net at BYU. You know more specifically who you're going after, and now it's a matter of in, in putting all your energy and resources into those guys that you're targeting. Where other places I've been, you got to cast a really large net and then try to whittle that down to a manageable number. And then you know you're still signing the same number of guys, but it's it's a different process for sure. Aaron, why was coming back to BYU the right time now for you? Well, uh, a number of reasons. One was family. You know, I just I've tried really hard not to be a coach that's hopping all around the country. Not, I'm not. You know, sometimes that's necessary in this profession. And I was fortunate to be in one place for a long time, and and fortunate now to be at BYU where I don't have to move my kids, and that's that's a big thing. And then just I think the opportunity right now is really great because I think we have a good team, and um, you know I think the. The schedule next year is challenging, but um, I definitely think we can take a big step forward. What does a pass game coordinator do? <laughs> uh, well, I'm still finding out, really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> now, Coach Grimes and I are working, working through that together. I mean, I think it just means that he's going to rely on me to um, put together a plan each week during the season, you know, like, Hey, here are the here are the throws I like this week against this opponent against this defense. These are the things I think we can do this week. You know, he's still ultimately the coordinator and has final say in everything. But I think that title just refers to the fact that he's going to lean on me in that area. We thought you might be a possible hire because one, you used to play here and you have a strong connection and friendship as a former teammate of Kalani Sitake and you were at the U together. So, what role did Jeff Grimes play in this process? Well. um, he he got a hold of me right away. In fact, we talked. We actually talked. Um, gosh, I can't remember if he had, if he was officially hired or if it was either right before he was officially hired or right after he was officially hired. We we started having a conversation when we were talking or texting just about every day. I've known him a long time. I knew him from his time when he coached here. Um, I wouldn't say we, we haven't like been close friends, but we had a mutual respect and and uh, a lot of professional connections that. I know people he's worked with, and and I've always heard great things about him. And so the conversation just started happening, and he was really great. He made it clear to me right from the start that he wanted me to be on the staff, and, you know, that felt good. And uh, so, yeah, he was right away. He reached out to me. It was early. So, What was, I guess I should say, what is your relationship like with Kalani Satake at this point of your respective careers? Well, we have a good working relationship. I think, uh, you know, we worked together for so long at two different schools. Um, I think we were together 12, at least 12 years that we coached together at two different places. Um, So we know each other really well, obviously, and uh, I know what to expect every day working with him. You know, it's nice when you come to work every day. You know exactly who you're working with and what, what that guy's all about. Kalani's just got... You know, great character. He's a he's a guy that 
doesn't flinch and doesn't change in tough times. I've seen him. We've been through tough times together, and I've seen him just he's the same guy every day, and he just doesn't change. And I really appreciate that about him. Um, I think there's sort of an impression that he and I are just like best buddies or something, but we're really not. I mean, I don't, you know, doesn't have me over for dinner and, you know, anything like that, but, <laughs> you know, he knows my kids and I know his, and we really, you know, we have a good friendship, but it's mostly been just a professional working relationship where we've worked hard for a lot of years together to try to win games and, I'm really looking forward to working for him again. If you need a favor from him, just take him some Cheetos hot fries. <laughs> is that the is that's, that's the that's key the ticket? Okay. That, that is the ticket. Right. If you if you have a special request, Cheetos hot fries. I'm sure you know the buttons to push after 12 years. Yeah. As well, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's this one snack. Yeah. Um, right. Signing day is coming up. So how busy is Steph right now trying to lock in guys for this class, or is that mostly taken care of? You're looking ahead. It's a little bit of both. So you don't want to take anything for granted. Most of our guys, we we signed, you know, a bunch at mid-year, and then we have some left to sign on signing day coming up. So you don't want to take anything for granted. Even guys that are committed and you feel like they're 100%. Um, you know, my approach and our approach is that we're going to recruit them all the way to the to the end and make sure they sign with us. And then also um, looking ahead to 2019, we're getting a jump start on some of those guys right now because our pool for this class is pretty small um gives us a chance to kind of look ahead to next year so we're starting to target some of those guys and and uh so yeah that's that's what what's going on now okay the challenge for you and coach grimes is to take what you have now in the arsenal and put it on the field to be effective in contrast to you know in large part what we saw last year and you know, that was an historic, difficult run for BYU's offense. But what kind of potential do you see that you have? Um, because you have done a little bit of observing through last season and now into this. What what potential is there? Well, I think one of the <clears throat> strengths of BYU is that your the talent level here doesn't dip that much each year. I mean, you... You know, and, and some people view it as the drawback to BYU, but I look at it as the strength of BYU is that you're going to get the same group of guys every year, and that that same group of guys has won a lot of games historically here. Like, so I look at it as you know we've got a bunch of smart, tough, disciplined guys that'll do what we ask. We've got a lot of good football players on this team, uh, and I think you know we just got to we just got to do a good job as a staff at identifying who can help us and point them in the right direction. But I know they're willing and they're guys that are going to do whatever we want them to do. They're, they seem to be hungry to get back on track. Having been here for uh, a couple of weeks now, a uh, month or so, um, what kind of memories do you have of having played here? Now that you are back, like you see the stretch wide, does that bring back some memories for you? Um, my memories, most of what I remember here are just like, more about relationships I made, you know, than the actual, I wasn't a great player, first of all. I mean, I, I played a couple of years and, um, <clears throat> but most of the memories I have are, you know, just playing for Lavelle, getting to be a graduate assistant for Lavelle. I was, I was a graduate assistant for him his last two years here. And that was a unique time, um, in a place that had had very little coaching change in a long, long time. I was a grad assistant for that transition from Lavelle to Gary Croton, and that first year with Coach Croton was awesome, and and uh, you know just things like that. You know, 
coaches that I played for, Lance Reynolds is one that stands out. You know, he's like a really great guy. And uh, all of them were, but you know, he's just one that pops into my mind. Just, you know, every time I think of Lance, I'm like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I, I carry with me more than anything about playing here. And I think that was part of the draw of coming back is just all the great people that I knew when I was here before. And I know this place is still full of great people like that. I'm looking at some of your career highlights. You say that you weren't a great player. Look, you did you did some things, Aaron. Notably in the punt return game. I was yeah, I was a pretty average player. I when I go <laughs> when I uh, when I go recruiting, I'm not looking for me. Okay, I'm <laughs> trying to trying to find. <laughs> no, we we definitely aren't targeting uh, five nine hundred and sixty five pound. You know, punt returners. Hey, but, six, uh, 62 <laughs> yard touchdown catch against Washington. Yeah, the first catch of my career was uh, uh, supposed to be a comeback route. And Kevin Federick signaled for me to run a go route. And I was like, oh man, Coach Chow is going to be so mad. Be so <laughs> mad. <clears throat> but I did what I was told by the quarterback and scored. And that was my first catch of my college career. And it was pretty much all downhill from there. <laughs> you yeah. peaked early. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but it was, yeah. Aaron Roderick with us uh, in Studio B. He is the new pass game coordinator at BYU, working closely with offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Uh, back in the day, Aaron, what was Kalani Satake like as a teammate? Uh, he was a great teammate, and that's one of the things. I mean, Kalani's always been a guy that uh, that everyone likes, you know. And, and um, the other thing about Kalani that I think uh, – carries over into his coaching is that he's a really smart player he and back then um this is interesting our our facilities were sort of limited back then we didn't have a lot of meeting space and so all the offensive skill players always met together so it'd be norm chow and robbie bosco and lance reynolds and chris pella and all the tight ends quarterbacks receivers we all met in one place every day we didn't separate like like most college programs do now um, but the positive thing about that was I'd be sitting there and I'd be hearing the quarterbacks getting coached and I knew who the running backs were supposed to block or what routes they ran. And we just we sort of all learned the whole offense back then. And uh, Kalani was always one of those guys that got the whole thing. He knew the pass protections. He knew the blocking schemes. He knew what the QB was doing. He was a smart player. And he was also a really fun guy and, and a tough guy. He was physical and, you know, so – all the things you'd want in a football player, and he was all those things, plus just an awesome guy and, and uh, super smart, super smart. I think he, you know, he can coach any position, either side of the ball. Uh, he's really sharp. It's great to have you in Studio B, Aaron. We're going to find that 62-yard touchdown <laughs> and put it on yeah, replay. Yeah, yeah, we'll it's out there up. somewhere. We're yeah. going to loop it. We'll get that it's, into the lobby. It's, of the that's my highlight film, that play just <laughs> over and over and over. Just every angle you can get, and then – and that's pretty much all that's worth showing. We have a couple of traditions here in Studio B for first-time guests. One is that uh, we ask you to sign our stretch wife flag, um, and you can find an open space Not there. too many Ricks guys on there, so you'll be all a right. nice addition. And secondly, we like to give something called the BYU Sports Nation karma. Uh, so typically good luck. you yeah. go and, and you perform well. It, it, it pushes your game to the next level, whether it's recruiting or whatever. I'll take it. I'll all take right. It, yeah. So if you wouldn't give us, mind giving us your hand, autograph, then uh, we'll make it official. Aaron Roderick signing the Stretch Y flag in Studio B. We needed A-Rod's signature on that. The OG either one. We'll take either one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, coming up, Lauren McClain goes between the lines looking for the next possible BYU kicker. What? 
And Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, will join us. What kind of chance does he give BYU basketball on Thursday at St. Mary's? This is BYU Sports Nation. Huge game for the Cougars. RPI boost! Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Check us out on social media at BYU Sports Nation. The replay of BYU Sports Nation is normally at 6 Eastern time. It is at 5 Eastern. No, no, 7 Eastern tonight. 5 Mountain. 5 Mountain, right? Uh, And if you missed our interview with Aaron Roderick, the OG (laughs) A-Rod, fun stuff with uh, Aaron Roderick, who's at BYU. Now, there were times where he he had announced previously he was coming to BYU and then didn't actually come here. He is here. He's back. Interesting that he said, everyone thinks I'm like best buds with Kalani. It's been a more of a working relationship. A very professional relationship. Yeah, I thought they were best buds. Yeah. But now we're best buds with him. That we are. <laughs> that we are. A-Rod. The clean-shaven A-Rod, I yeah, should mention. Yeah, it's a different A-Rod, man. He looks about 10 He's years back. younger, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and, and I like his addition to the staff. BYU has two former... Offense coordinators on the staff who aren't the OC. Which is great. So Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake can help Jeff Grimes with uh, different ideas. Let's get to a bowl game. <laughs> yes. Let's do that. Let's get to a bowl game. BYU football announces a home-and-home home series. That leads off our refresh of the headlines with NC State for the 2024 and 2030 seasons. The Cougars and Wolfpack will meet for the first time ever in November of 2024 in Raleigh. The real story is another game scheduled for 2030. Oh, man. How many days away? 4,601? No, no, yeah. <laughs> Today is weigh-in day for the Senior Bowl. BYU linebacker Fred Warner weighed in at 6'3 and a half and 235 pounds. His arms measured out to 31, inches, 31 and 5 eighths inches, while his hands came in at 9 and 3 quarters inches. You're burying at, the lead with this, Jerem. At NFL Drafter, Ethan Young tweeted the following about Warner's height measurement. Fred Warner from BYU had an impressive build, but he was almost standing on his tiptoes when <gasps> measured and didn't get caught. Gasp! What? BYU now two days away from the rematch in basketball with 16th-ranked St. Mary's. The Gales go from unranked to number 16. They've won 14 in a row. How do the Cougars slow down National Player of the Year candidate Jock Landale? BYU basketball with Dave Rose will feature some insight into that. And player guest Dalton Nixon tonight, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, part of Super Tuesday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And Kyle Collinsworth, 19 minutes played last night, 4 points, 4 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals. This is Collinsworth's final game of his 10-day contract with the Dallas Mavericks, but he is expected to receive another 10-day offer per Eddie Sevco of the Dallas Morning News. Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, is back in Studio B. Dual threat analyst here to talk BYU football and BYU basketball and looking awfully spiffy today Ooh, with the sport coat. coat. Well, what's, well, what's the occasion? I heard you guys calling A-Rod an OG. I just wanted to look like an OG. What does OG stand for? Original, Original gangster. gangster. Oh, so I remember ever since he was a lowercase G. <laughs> now he's a big G making money. <laughs> yes. That Blaine's money. pop culture knowledge strikes yes. again. I don't, I, who does that? I don't even know who does that song. But it's like, ever since I was a lowercase G, now I'm a big G, making money. <laughs> million dollar bills, y'all. Tweet it to it's us It's not now. million. I said million. Yes. Tweet it, yes, tweet it to us know. now. We're, we need to know. I can't remember who does that song. But, yeah, I don't know. but it is one from my high school times. Or no, it was probably after my high school times. I think it's Remember, Mont- I grew up in New York. I came from hip-hop culture. I think it's Montel culture. Jordan. I think it is Montel. Is it Uncle Montel? I think it's Montel, and he's OG. Which is fitting, because... We have featured Montel Jordan 
in ways on this program, unlike any other rap artist from the past. Yeah. This is how we do it, right? Yeah. That's how we do it. That's right. Montel Jordan. Okay, our Twitter question today. It Mike. might be in that song. I think it is part of that song. Is it in the latter part yeah, of that I song? Yeah, I think it is. Get our research oh. team. Okay, well, the research yeah. team will do it. So anyhow, yeah. yes. Okay, our Twitter question today. Where will BYU football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? Because that's when BYU plays NC State the first time. TV contracts for three of the Power Fives are up after 2024. So what do you think? To me, that's their next opportunity to get into a conference. You know, I, I, Power Five specifically, right? Right. Because Group of Five, BYU could probably get into. They one get now. in tomorrow yeah. into a Group of Five. You know, could go to the American or whatever. I think that somebody would want to work that out if BYU is willing to do that. But I think they're kind of hanging back and saying, at this next big TV opportunity, is there a chance? Um, and does the resume? And I think they need to play well in the next couple of years. Warrant that they they get. I still think the Big Twelve needs needs more teams. And and that's the most to me that's a good fit for them. I think there was all kinds of extemporaneous things that got in the way of that last time. I think it was going to happen and everybody's focus got diverted on that and I think that there's a chance that that happens again. But that's that's a ways down the road, right? But it things change. Yeah, things change and it and that schedule could if that happens then the schedule could change. Oh, a lot point. of BYU's schedule. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. there's a lot to be done between now and then, but that's their next opportunity and and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Things can get really weird in a hurry, especially if the Big 12 goes on the aggressive. And let's say they poach a couple of teams from the Pac-12 and these rumors of Arizona and Arizona State being discontent with Larry Scott, the commissioner. They go, think when things get weird, that's probably good news for BYU. Weird is good for BYU. So it is. When, there, when there's movement, then BYU always gets into the conversation. And we're a peculiar people, so we need things to get peculiar. And that gives us an opportunity. We are peculiar. I just found indeed. the title of our podcast today, Jerem. Weird is good for BYU. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm you, weird is always good. When it comes to BYU, weird is good. I feel like, there. yeah, things need to get weird. And I almost feel like there needs to be some movement, and BYU won't be in that first movement. They would be in the aftermath of Things, things go around. And, what do you think? And, and I, look, I look at the Big 12. So it doesn't help when Oklahoma gets in to the playoff, and they were really, really good. Two years in a row. Right. It's good when they don't. And they go, okay, we have the championship game, but it's a replay of a game that's already happened during the regular season. Do we need to expand to this? And the problem is, in this last go-around, you know, BYU brought value in terms of revenue. BYU can bring revenue to any conference, but there's not very many teams out there outside of BYU that can bring revenue across the board and compete across the board and fit academically across the board. So a lot of it's about finding a second team to go along with them. So maybe somebody else rises up in that time and BYU becomes a good partner for a conference. Is football only an option at some point? Because I feel like BYU would take it in a second it if could it be. was football only. Yeah, it absolutely Whereas before could be. it was... It's got to be all in. Now it's like, eh, there's a level of desperation. That's when when you get excluded, that go around, and you thought you were in, then it becomes an option next time around. Yeah, absolutely. See, I think by the time 2024 rolls around, BYU football, because they want context late in the season, they'll be in a conference, whether it's a Power 5. If, they, if this whole thing goes through and the Power 5 conferences pass again, I just think BYU is going to be like, you know what? We tried independence. Let's get into the American, whether it's football only or not. I think that they will crave that so much. How about the best teams in the American with San Diego State, Fresno State, Boise State, and BYU? 
That would be okay with me. Yeah. Take those four. Form a newer yeah. rack. And and, and and then the best teams from the American. And you have a conference that can compete with any conference in the country. So, I mean, that's between now and 24, that's a long time for things to happen. And, and the TV revenue for the television entities has not been what it's been. So it'll be interesting what happens with that. I don't know if it's going to go up again this next time without some change. So. Let's wrap with this. Uh, Thursday night, BYU at St. Mary's men's hoops. How much of a chance do you give BYU to go in and win that thing? Upset the 16th ring Gales. So can you predict for me, is T.J. Howes going to play the way he has the last couple of games? Oh, man. because That's a big question. Because if he plays like that, and then, you you know, Elijah Bryan has been consistent. Yoli's been consistently really good for a half, but the game's one. So Yoli plays two good halves, and and T.J. plays the way he's been playing, which I believe – I think he turned a corner. Um they absolutely have a chance. What I saw in that first meeting, and it was at home, of course, but a team that stood toe-to-toe against a team that's way more veteran. There are a lot more guys that have been in big games before, right? Then they got into overtime. And it was a good learning experience for BYU because they got in a rush in overtime and missed shots, and St. Mary's just stayed the same. They've been there. They're veterans. They ran their same stuff. They were unbelievably effective in overtime. So they're, they're who they are. They're very good. Very good. Um, and I think BYU learned a lot in that. And I think they learned in the loss at Pacific that they can't just show up. It was really good for me to talk to Dave Rose right after that game because I was concerned that maybe it was a physical DR. Does BYU just not have enough lateral quickness to stay in front of those types of guards? And remember, Pacific, now they're playing really well. Yeah. It's a collection of D1 transfers that's finally playing like a team. They're a little bit scary right now. But what BYU learned in that is, or what I learned from Dave after that was, no, it's not. A, it wasn't a physical thing. It was they went in there. The rotations were a little bit slow. They weren't sharp with their assignments. So they made assignment errors, and that was a real wake-up for them. Can't just go show up at a game and not execute at a high, high level. So they took a step backward, and since then, I feel like they've taken two steps forward. Mm. And so I like their their chances. I think TJ has to play well because they need that third scoring option. And when he's shooting it, then a lot of help. Can't, you can't help off of him. They add him to the list of don't leave him. That gives Yoli more work to room. That gives Eli more room to drive. That gives Jashir more room to attack. When they have to respect his outside shot, now BYU becomes really effective offensively. So I, I like their, sh- their shot. Um, St. Mary's, is really, it's, it's a long shot on the road to beat them, right? But I like their chances. It won't surprise me if they beat, beat St. Mary's. And I think down the stretch, they learned a lot in overtime against them the first time, and they hopefully won't get in a rush. They'll play fast, but they won't be in a hurry like they were in that overtime. Blaine, as always, great stuff. I really enjoy the segment. I think we should do it again next week. Let's do it. And I won't dress up quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter question today, where will BYU football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? Hashtag BYUSN if you'd like to reply. Coming up, will Kyle Collinsworth get another 10-day contract with Memphis? Yes, I'm going to answer that for you right now. Yes, that will happen. Call the tease. Okay. And can Lauren <laughs> McLean find a talented kicker on the swim and dive team? Oh, we're venturing into dangerous territory with Curious between the lines. Curious as to why we're looking on that team. <laughs> I'm excited to watch this to see why. Between the lines next. Why? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in the studio bizzle. Just a couple of little G's with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. That is 
not the case. <laughs> you need to download the podcast and listen to the previous segment to get the full effect of what I just said. Daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. You can watch that too. Yeah, do it. Uh, BYU basketball Dave Rose is on tonight at uh, 8 Eastern time, right after the re-air of BYU Sports Nation, which is at 7 Eastern today, Tuesdays only. Uh, Dalton Nixon is the player guest. Also, if you're local, there's pizza tonight. So, uh, yeah, come eat free food and uh, get on TV. It'll be awesome. Who doesn't want that? Good grief. I don't know a single individual who doesn't want that. Sign me up. Where will BYU football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? At Greg Rosenhan answers our Twitter question. BYU will be part of a power conference, which are now super conferences. That is if they go to the four conference 16-team super conferences, right? So Big 12 is gone now? Perhaps. A couple of good seasons and one great season. Hey, just might get them there. All right, Jerem. Speaking of football, we are venturing into new territory with Between the Lines today. These athletes are used to the water, diving boards, and doing insane acrobatic tricks in the air before having to land and make the tiniest splash possible. Sounds interesting, right? So what happens when you take them out of that comfort zone and they make a splash elsewhere? Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Three divers, two goalposts, and one special guest. You're not going to want to miss this. Real tape. Today we have three athletes from the dive team who are accepting the challenge and going outside of their comfort zone to kick field goals. First we have Nathan Gonzalez, a sophomore from San Antonio, Texas, who is currently ranked number one in the MPSF in the one meter and holds our BTL challenge record of holding his breath the longest. Next we have sophomore Bryce Farabee from Arizona. He posts videos on Instagram called Daily Doozy, which are videos of divers on the team messing up and flopping. Last, we have Kayla Call, a redshirt sophomore from Kansas who recently returned from her mission in Korea and was featured on the Daily Doozy. It's time to see if these three have what it takes to go out of bounds. I'm sorry if I kick you. Kayla, can't start with saying sorry if I kick you. You got this. You got this. Oh, Make sure you hold it straight, okay? Oh, oh, sorry! All right, I don't know how they do this. Oh! It's good. It's good. This one's a little bit softer. This is harder. What's your preference? Well, when I was in fourth grade, I was picked first at recess to be on the soccer team. I'd go with this one. All right. on you and we're gonna bring in an expert Johnny Linehan Johnny hello as I was walking over I noticed a lot of the problem was probably the holder oh. so we're gonna, we're gonna try and eliminate that are you picking Johnny as your holder over me I mean yes choose what all right who's up next uh it's my turn all right cool nice oh. <laughs> clear <laughs> Alright, green green sit. Hey, hike everyone. It's already been hiked. <laughs> oh. Hey, five yards back. Y'all ready? Zane Gonzalez won the Lou Groza. Nathan. 
No, not. I'm oh. talking about someone else. Oh, you're talking about someone else. No, always oh, okay. about you. He won the Grozer, which is the Heisman for the Kickers. Really? Okay, 2016. Now he's in the league. What league? The NFL league. Oh. Looks like he needs to squat some more. <laughs> Ooh, line drive. Got it. <laughs> Dang. Come on, Tony, that. No! Yes. Oh, that was a great kick, though. This is the 20 yard line, which would make for a 30 yard kick. He got it. Got it. <laughs> I feel like you broke your toe on that. You heard that one. Yeah, get the medic. It's good. <laughs> oh. Show us what you got. Oh, bad snap. I may have released a hair. Oh, I know you did, Lauren. I'm going to let you off the hook. Okay, I'm closing my eyes now. Okay. 2-2. Oh, see, so you let go again. We would have been blocked. After your experience field goal kicking, what do you think of it? It's pretty tough. It's really hard. Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no diving board, no water. It's overrated. Well, we're going to dub the winner, and I believe it's Bryce here. Can we give it to Bryce? Well, that can shoot. Three, four, five, five! Did we go up and down, or? I don't know. We're going to keep that. Yeah, That's we'll cool. keep that. That's cool. <laughs> that was nice. Kalani Sataki should take a long, hard look at Bryce. That was pretty impressive. 35 yards. Thank you, everyone, for participating. Next week, we're going to do an elite versus street with the men's hockey team again with Spencer in goal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYUBTL. Yes, indeed. The One of these <laughs> right in your face. Yeah. 35 yards with his toe. Like, he took his shoe it's off. It's possible his toe's broken. Well, that, he didn't tell that, us. That number's skewed. I don't want to mess it up but that's he's, not exactly well, he kept, 35 he kept mentioning it during it but he's toe punching yeah that's still impressive yeah he literally should, toe punch he shouldn't try out let's be honest don't <laughs> their, ne- their next uh meet by the way is against utah saturday for swim and dive yeah so that's a big one they're baby. incredible and those they're super fun super fun personalities which you never get to know yeah except for with between the lines the, the homeless cougs <laughs> their <laughs> homes being renovated it is, it is true. being worked on bring them home Yes. Okay. Right. Yes, Lauren, thank you so much. All right. <laughs> Not sure how we recover after uh, sports. That, sing- that horrible this singing. This is a show about sports, man. I love it. Hey, coming up, Kyle Collinsworth played 19 minutes for the Mavericks last night. We'll tell you how he did. Was it good enough to earn another 10-day contract? I think it is. Plus, what will you be doing on August 29th of 2030? I have a friend asking from BYU Football. Brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Welcome back. Thanks to today's guests, Aaron Roderick, Blaine Fowler, and Lauren McLean of Between the Lines. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Greg Rubel, the voice of Cougars, women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins, and St. Mary's play-by-play man Alex Jensen. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU will play North Carolina State in 2024 in Raleigh 2030 in Provo. The Cougars and Wolfpack will meet for the first time. 
This is this is real. BYU's playing a game. 2030, two games scheduled now. Today is weigh-in day for the Senior Bowl. BYU linebacker Fred Warner officially weighed in this morning at 6'3 and a half, almost standing on his tippy toes, and 235 pounds. His almost. arms measured out to 31 and 5 eighths inches. His hands in at 9 and 3 quarters inches. Men's basketball. BYU preparing for St. Mary's Thursday, 16th ranked Gales. That's a big one. BYU basketball with Dave Rose airs tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Player guest tonight, Dalton Nixon. LJ Rose and the Salt Lake City Stars of the G League host the Grand Rapids Drive tonight at 9 Eastern. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth played 19 minutes for the Dallas Mavericks, had four points, four boards, three assists, two steals. That was his final game of his 10-day contract with the Mavs, but he is expected to receive another 10-day offer per Eddie Sevco of the Dallas Morning News. Volleyball. Men's volleyball remains at number five in the AVCA coaches poll. The Cougars play a pair of matches at number six UC Irvine this weekend. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. And you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Kyle Collinsworth, 4-4-3-2. Uh, so did, did stuff in his 19 minutes. Hopefully he can continue to do stuff so he can merit a more permanent spot. It was fun to see different Mavs blogs accounts and the official Mavs account tweeting about Kyle Collins of what he was doing on the yeah. floor last night. His, his, strength, thing. his strength is his versatility. Like, his strength is not shooting from three. It's, his strength is his versatility. Where will BYU football sit in the 2024 college football landscape? Let's go to our elite tweet of the day from at LaserSheet. I didn't get a great look at the page in Gray Sports Almanac 2045, but I think something has changed in regards to the Big Ten Conference. Maybe more members. I wish I would have brought it back with me. What? Nice already have 14. Yes. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to John and Stan Ross. BYU Sports Nation gets back to work at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. I want to read one more tweet, but I don't think I'm going to be able to find it from at CL underscore living. It dealt with uh, BYU football <laughs> being in the promised land 40 years ago and now from wandering 84? in independence.